Hey, winner, welcome to another episode of Red Hot Mindset. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. In this past year, I feel like many of us think that this world has gone crazy and that culture is completely screwed up. Okay, I feel that way sometimes too. But isn't it interesting that this really isn't anything new to God? There's nothing new under the sun. We're just seeing more and more of the decay, the idols, the self than we ever have before. What do we need to remember? The Bible is our standard and it has outlasted time. We don't get to pick and choose what we want to be true. We don't get to change who God says we are just because we don't feel like ourselves today. The Bible is our standard. And as Christians, we see things through that lens. That's what a biblical worldview is. And that is why it's important for us to be in the word, praying, journaling, studying, growing. If we are not solid in the word of God, we could fall for anything. Okay, this is a side note, but if you do need help studying the word, you may enjoy the Sunday service workbook that I created for you. It helps you to take the message you heard on the weekend and dive deeper into the context of the scripture and how it applies to your life. This is a great way to not just show up on Sunday and forget about the message until the next Sunday, which I think many of us do, but you can bring the message into your day-to-day -day and draw closer to the Lord. I'll leave a link in the show notes where you can download it, or you can just head to redhotmindset.com where you'll find it in the resources section. So how do we take a stand on God's word in love, walking in love without changing our standards? How do you walk in love and justice from a biblical perspective? What does that look like? What boundaries do we need to set up for ourselves? How do we not get walked all over yet continue to show love to others? How do we show love to the unloving? These are all questions of our day. Today is an encouraging conversation because I'm bringing on marriage and family therapist, Jessica Hayes, to help us navigate how to walk in love and justice without giving up our moral or biblical views. Jessica Hayes helps busy Christian moms deepen their family relationships, grow closer with the Lord, and strengthen their mental health. In her 10 plus years as a marriage and family therapist, she has seen the power of God at work in so many families. She is also the host of the Love Your People Well podcast, which airs twice a week to bring biblical encouragement, mental health tips, and practical relationship strategies to busy moms. I can't wait for you to meet her, so let's dive right in. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey Jess, welcome back to Red Hot Mindsets. I'm so glad you could be here with me today. Hey Gabe, I'm excited to be back. This is going to be a great conversation. 
Absolutely. Last time we talked a little bit about what walking in love and justice means and some practical tips that can help us get started with that and help us to understand how to respond um, rather than react and to really draw others closer to the Lord. And I loved that conversation. And it's one reason that I wanted to bring you back to talk a little bit about the spiritual discipline of waiting. Um, I absolutely hate waiting. Like it is one of the hardest things. And um, I talked about this a little in the introduction, but we were in a period of waiting this past year um, when my husband lost his job when we moved to Colorado. And it was a full year of waiting to figure out what God's plans were. And it was so hard. I was just wrestling with God and like crying out to him many times going, what are you trying? I don't know if you're even trying to teach me something. You know, it was just like that that utter despair in a way at, at times, but I learned a lot through that season. And I know that waiting is good and it is a spiritual discipline we should hone. Um, so if one, if you haven't listened to our first episode about walking in love and justice, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. It's episode 87, just a few episodes before this one. So Jess, you have a personal story about waiting through singleness and infertility. Could you share just a little bit about that your struggles with that and what you faced as you were waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't get married until I was 30, um, which is becoming more and more normal. I, I realize that I want to recognize that. I know the mm -hmm. average age of marriage is getting later and later. Um, but that being said, if it had been up to me, I would have been, would have found the guy and gotten married years earlier. Um, and so so that was a hard season. In my 20s, I was living up in the Washington, D.C. area, which is, um, it's a very, well, there's a lot of power. It's a very busy area, uh, very goal-oriented area. And I was definitely not the only one of my friends who was single, um, but within the Christian community that I found up there and and just in my experience in general in the Christian kind of subculture in our in our community, um, getting married younger is a bit more normal than it is in, in probably the wider public. And so, so th that was a hard season because it, I mean, maybe it's similar with your husband's job as we all do. When we wait, we have an expectation, we have something that we want and we're not necessarily seeing why it is that God has us waiting, why it is that it hasn't happened yet. And so for me in my 20s, you know, I can look back now uh, and see a lot of growth, a lot of good things that came from that season of waiting. I can look at my, the marriage that I have today to easily the most wonderful man that I've ever met. And, you know, and I can look back and see like, wow, if I had met him when I was 25, I would not have been ready. We would not have had the the courtship, the dating experience, the engagement, the the wedding, the marriage that we have today that I'm so thankful for. But of course, in the moment, you don't know, is that ever going to come? You don't know exactly what you're waiting for. And so that was a season for me of, um, of trying, I, I tried to be very purposeful to not get sucked into the culture of just, you know, just focus on your work. Don't worry about it. It's never, just don't even think about it. Or, you know, kind of that flip side of the coin of just date as many people as you can and just try to get out there. I really tried to press into the question of, okay, well, God, who do you want me to become so that I'm ready whenever, if ever this happens and trying to learn from each relationship that I did have about what do I think is good 
and holy and right in a relationship. Um, and I learned a lot <laughs> during that time. And I look back now, I mean, now I'm married, I've got little kids. Um, we've been married for several years. And so I look back now and I see so much of that season that I'm like, oh, I wish that I had the time today to just spend an hour reading God's word. I wish that I had the time, you know, you look back and and you see the wonderful things that God brought out of that season. Um, and so that was, that was for me, that was my first uh, really opportunity to press into the spiritual discipline um, of year after year after year, wanting something that wasn't happening and uh, wrestling with God about why isn't it happening? And, uh, and ultimately I did get to a place where I could just ask the question of who is it you want me to become? And if a guy comes into that picture, awesome, I'll be ready. And if he doesn't, then I'm becoming more and more the woman that God wants me to be. That's not where I started <laughs> that waiting journey, but I'm very thankful that I got there in the end. And then that, that season, several years of, um, of waiting and hoping and wanting, I can look back now and see how well that prepared my husband and I for a multi-year journey of infertility, of wanting to have kids and not having that happen and not having any clear, uh, like big medical answers of like, oh, well, this is the problem or, oh, you could try this. It was just keep trying and keep waiting. And, and once again, trying to ask that question of, okay, well, if, if when I was single, God, you wanted me to focus on who am I becoming? What is my character? Um, then you probably want us to ask the same questions about our family. Who are we as a couple? What is our family? What are our priorities? What are our morals? We had a lot of time to think about why it was that we wanted kids and why we were investing in that. And, um, and the Lord has been gracious and he has brought us children. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, but I am also thankful for that time of of wrestling through it with him because we just, we go deeper when we're waiting than we can go when things are coming to us more easily. And it's not fun, but I'm very thankful for the, the intimacy that the Lord has brought me through those particular seasons that I would absolutely say without a shadow of doubt have prepared me to be the wife and the mother that I am today. And that I'm not perfect in either of those categories, but I'm a lot stronger and a lot better off and a lot holier because I had to wait to step into those roles. And so it's hard in the moment, but it, it is a spiritual discipline that is worth sitting in and wrestling in and, and waiting for the Lord. Mm, yeah, it is so hard in the moment. And in the moment, it just feels like it's never going to end. And you're just feeling about all the, all the angst and anxiety in it. Um, and then it's not until you get through it that you get to look back and say, okay, well, it was one, it was the worth the wait. And two, the lessons that we learned through it. I know God has taught me trust in, in all these yeah. moments, whenever we've had those types of issues. What do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned in your journey of waiting? I think for me, the biggest lesson was that, um, that my identity is in Christ, that I am dependent on, on God, on Jesus, not on the people around me. Um, and that still comes into play today because, you know, I get frustrated with my husband and with my kids, you know, and real life is, is messy and complicated. And, uh, and so there still are those moments of needing to remind myself, like I, 
I can't place my identity in this other person who is going to let me down and I'm going to frustrate him. And we're not, you know, we get sick. One of us will die. I mean, things will change that, that impact this relationship. Whereas with the Lord, he is unchanging and he is ever faithful and ever forgiving. And so, so that, that dependency and identity in him, I would say is, is my biggest takeaway from those seasons of waiting. Yeah, that's so powerful. Our identity identity in Christ is so important and so crucial to everything that we do in our lives. Um, you know, I think that when it comes to waiting, our culture doesn't like waiting. Uh, I don't like waiting maybe because I'm a goal-driven woman. Um, type A people don't like to wait, you know, that kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah. why is this discipline of just taking that time to wait and rest in the Lord so difficult for us? <laughs> Well, I think for, I mean, I know for, for you and, and probably for most of your audience, there is that element of just high work ethic, high expectations. We have a lot of skills, a lot of talents, a lot of opportunities. And so, so we get used to, you know, setting a goal, doing what we need to do and meeting that goal, check it off the list. Boom. Let's go to the next thing. We get used to that um, self-sufficiency in many ways. And of course, that's not necessarily a bad thing. God uses those talents and those goals and, and all of that work. Um, but the more that that is our experience, I think the harder it is sometimes to, to realize, wow, I put in all my best effort and it didn't happen um, because that is real life. And so, so when our, our pattern, our expectation gets set aside or crushed, that's really difficult for us. And, and a lot of times we tend to blame ourselves or we feel guilty or, you know, we put that burden back on our own shoulders rather than um, accepting the moment for what it is and trying to learn from it and move whatever direction it is God would have us move. Um, and absolutely our culture influences it. I mean, even just the way that uh, that media is filmed. If you watch a TV show or a movie today, or and you compare it back with with the shows from the '80s, I mean the camera shots are every second they're changing, rather than a long scene of someone walking down the street or whatever it might be. Our culture, our media, our news sources, everything around us, social media has taught us that waiting is bad, and that the faster things can happen, the better they are, which is not it's not true. And that's certainly not biblical, but it's what surrounds us. And it's what our senses our our sight and our touch and our hearing. That's what we're experiencing. And so it's really hard to go against that when the Lord says, yeah, that, that might be true over there, but I'm calling you to sit in silence and wait. And that just, it starts to feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> mm, yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, even talking about just how the films have different, I think that was one of the the things is they say every, at least every 10 seconds, they change um, yeah, I'm the sure. film angles. Yeah. And that's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's just because uh, we have this, I, well, we're almost ADD driven, right? We have this need to stay entertained. And if you don't hold my attention long enough, then I'm moving to something else. And that's what keeps your attention is that swift changing of yeah, the visual. Yeah. And, that is, and that doesn't help with us resting our minds or waiting and for what's best. Um, so what, what do you think, why is it so important for us to learn to rest and wait? How do we benefit from that? Well, there's, I think there's a lot of ways that we benefit from that. Um, I think the first benefit is that 
it puts God at the top and us underneath because we typically were only waiting if we can't make it happen. I could not make myself get pregnant. I could not, you know, snap my fingers and all of a sudden the right guy appears. I could make a guy appear if I really wanted to, you know, but we, so waiting forces us to recognize and reorient to that hierarchy that God is in control and we are not. And so that, that's a hard lesson, but that's a good and important and biblical lesson. Um, and so there's a lot of spiritual things that, that can come from waiting. They're not guaranteed because it depends on how we handle the season of waiting. Um, but building our sense of trust, our intimacy with the Lord and vulnerability with him. Sometimes there are sin issues that need to be dealt with uh, before we can move through a season. And so spiritually, the Lord can use those seasons in, in very rich ways because we are leaning into him with typically with more emotion, more passion, more desperation than we are when everything is going great. Um, and a lot of times on a more maybe practical or logical or kind of everyday life level, a lot of times a season of waiting also gives us a chance to hone our skills or to learn something new that wouldn't happen, or at least we wouldn't invest in it in the same way, the same intentionality when things are go, 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 and everything is moving along smoothly. And so there are often, at least in my experience, there's opportunity to do things or learn things differently because we're in a season of waiting that then of course the Lord winds up using that in the future. Yeah. So, so I want to make this really applicable. How do we get good at waiting? What is one of our first steps in order to be able to do this? Uh, I think to get good with waiting, the first step, which probably has a lot of sub steps to it, but uh, we need to get good with, we need to get comfortable, I would say, with silence. And that is not an easy thing. Um, as a counselor in the graduate program, like when you're training, they will have you practice sitting in silence with people because it's so awkward, you know, and in your head, you're thinking it's been like three minutes. And if you look at the clock, it's been five seconds, <laughs> you know, it, it feels like forever. And so as a counseling technique, that's a big part of it is letting people sit in silence. And usually they're going to fill it with something that then is meaningful and we can work through it. But for us thinking about how can I wait well how can I rest in the Lord when I don't know how long this is going to last? I don't know what the outcome is going to be. We need to get comfortable with, with silence, with not necessarily hearing every answer from God, not, not even necessarily having like thoughts in our head. Just sometimes the world needs to be silent and we need to get comfortable with that um, if we're going to really wait well. Yeah, so getting silent, like it's really hard for for us to get silent, would you suggest um, ways to do that? Like just set a timer for a minute and see what it's like, or how do <laughs> how do we add this silence into our lives when it's just, yeah. or is maybe even um, driving without music or podcast or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean those are great. Those are great examples because, um, and really, if this is a discipline that someone wants to work on. Um, those are actually perfect examples of setting a, setting a timer and just every day having, having one minute, you can build your way up two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Can you sit in silence 
and just notice what you're hearing. You know, I'm hearing the air conditioner. I hear the car out on the street. It's probably not literally totally silent, but we can actually be present in the moment differently um, and notice those things without judging it, without thinking, oh, the air conditioning's on. Oh yeah, I need to turn down the temperature because blah, blah, blah. Our mind can run off. Just notice it, bring it back, you know, and just sit in the moment. Um, taking a drive, getting out in nature, going for a hike or something like that is really helpful because a lot of times that does give us something to look at and notice. So we're not just sitting awkwardly staring at the wall. <laughs> um, and even relationally, um, and this maybe goes a little outside of just the discipline of waiting, but getting comfortable enough where in a relationship, can you sit and not fill the silence with words, with a conversation. Can you, I mean, we, sometimes we do this when we're dating. It's like, I could sit and stare in your eyes for hours and we don't need to say a word. Is that still true? Is that still something that you can do? And, and so whatever the situation is, if you're doing dishes or something, I don't mean silence. Like it's literally, I could hear a pin drop silence, but just removing the noise, um, removing distractions to the best of your ability and just being present in the moment. And it is hard. I mean, really a lot of people would, would start with setting a timer for 30 seconds or one minute and slowly building their, their way up as they get more comfortable. Yeah. And when we talk about it being a spiritual discipline, that's how disciplines start. It's a habit forming, right? We have to actually yes. be intentional about creating that habit. So that's, that's good. That's good. So now as I think about the stories in the Bible, there's so many characters in there that have a period of waiting. I even think about Hannah, um, for your example of your, your struggle of waiting with infertility and Hannah was waiting for a son and crying out to God, wanting yeah. a son or well, wanting a son or a daughter really didn't matter, but what's so significant about all the characters in the Bible having to go through these waiting periods? I think, I think that and I, I'm certainly not going to try to speak for God in this, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of the reason that a lot of our big Bible characters have a season of waiting is because they got to the other side of the waiting, because whatever it is that happened during that season grew them with the Lord enough that they became the person that you know was worth being in Scripture. They Abraham became Abraham, Moses became Moses. Um, Job, you know, his story is in the Bible because of his, his waiting and his suffering and his struggling. And so a lot of the characters that we read their stories in the Bible, if they had not gone through that season of waiting, they would not have developed the Christ-like character or the story that, that God had planned for them that he knew was going to then enrich believers throughout the rest of time. Mm, yeah. And it keeps us kind of gives us that picture of what waiting is. <laughs> I think about, yeah. I mean, Israelites waited 40 years for the promised land. I mean, there were reasons for that, but are we willing to wait that long? Like yeah. what does waiting mean? And does it mean, oh, I only have to wait a day, 24 hours. That sounds good. Or am I waiting for years for something that I'm longing for that I feel like is a passion that God gave me? And, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, it just, it helps us put into perspective, I suppose, what waiting means. Um, and waiting can mean different for everyone because your waiting yeah. period might be longer or shorter than my waiting period. And it's God molding and shaping us in it. Like he's really 
refining us and helping us to renew our minds if we let him, right? Yes. So yes. there's, I mean, if there's a difference in um, waiting the way he wants us to and waiting, impatiently waiting and trying to take control and trying to fix the problem and all of that. Um, now, as we're studying the word, when we're in our waiting period, um, is there, do you have any tips for us as we're, we're in there and we're, we're reading and praying? Um, I think, I think my biggest tip there is, uh, well, maybe to quantity time and quality time in reading the Bible, that the more just quantity, the more, the more time we're spending in God's word, the better off we will be for it. But then also seeking at least some of that time to be what I would call quality time, engaging with the text. So asking questions about, you know, this, whatever passage I just read, maybe it's a Psalm, maybe it's the story of Job, maybe it's one of the epistles in the New Testament, asking questions, you know, what do I learn, particularly about God, his character, because he is good and he is faithful and he is just and he is merciful. And a lot of times when we're waiting, he doesn't feel like any of those things. He does not feel merciful. He does not feel kind. Um, but we can lean on scripture as truth. And so asking those questions and trying to identify what do I learn here about God, about his character, about waiting, about resting, about these things, whatever my situation is that I'm struggling with. Um, what do I learn about God's priorities? Because they might not line up with my priorities. And so having quantity time is important because God's going to use it. And we don't always know how, but also having those quality, just engaging with the text and wrestling with it. Um, and I often, I mean, I have a lot of questions when I read scripture and sometimes God answers them and sometimes he doesn't, but even just acknowledging the question and putting it out there to the Lord um, and maybe even seeking you know, to meet with my pastor, to talk about it with someone else, to seek some wisdom in that question is helpful. Um, but particularly, I think that that engagement with scripture is going to help us as we're waiting, because it shifts the focus from me and my situation. And I'm waiting for a husband, I'm waiting for children, I'm waiting for a job. And it shifts it to who is this God that I serve, who is so big and so worthy and it can kind of reorient how we are interacting with him. Mm, that's so good. And honestly, I, I've even just this idea of waiting. As we moved to Colorado, we've been in waiting, like, where are we going to live? Are we going to rent? Are we going to buy? The market's crazy <laughs> compared to mm -hmm. Minnesota and all these things. And it's funny because I wrestled with it. Like it was, oh yeah, I trust you, God. I'm going to give it to you. It's in your hands. And then I would say, no, I want to take that back. I don't want to trust you right now. I want to like do the thing. Right. And you kind of go through those spurts of up and down and up and down. But what I found too, just, it was funny. Cause we're kind of like, I think we should, maybe we should look at buying again. Right. And um, because renting was going to be a bit more expensive than just buying, but buying means you're putting a lot of money down, you know? So there's mm -hmm. just these different things. And we were wrestling with what do you want us to do, God? And finally, and like I said, this, my year, my word for this year is trust. <laughs> it's like I've had been tested so many times in this area this year, but it was, it's that waiting. And I finally was content and I finally had really let it go. Like, I think, you'd know, when you really let it go and you say, it's not in my hands anymore. I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wait on you because I've, every time you've come, your timing is perfect. 
And it was like literally two weeks, not even like we bought a house. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. how did that happen? And honestly, just even the timing of all that, it, you can, I can't explain it other than that. It was God's timing and it was God who directed us there, which is mm-hmm. the way we want it. Right. And, and there's so many times in my life that that has happened, but it's because I was willing to let go and wait. And granted that waiting period was actually a year long, but I was learning and growing and being tested throughout that whole year. So, and it felt like it was only two weeks long because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how fast it happened. But that's interesting to me how, how that works when we actually put our focus on Christ and who he is, instead of putting it on, what is it that we're waiting for? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and I think you make a great point about having that moment of just like, I actually laid it down. And we, at least for me, I often think that I've had that moment. It's like, oh, I, that was it that I gave it to God. But then there is something just different, just, just emotionally and spiritually different when it actually happens. And that's not, that's not a moment we can create out of our own will or determination. Um, because I think it requires us literally just laying it down. And so, and I think a lot of people struggle with that, that it's like, I am laying it down. I am laying it down. It's like, well, if you're still struggling with it in the same way, and you might struggle afterward, but the struggle looks different. If you're still struggling with it in the same way, that's okay. It just means that God is still wrestling through that part of the waiting season with you. Um, and we, you know, we want to move faster. We want to, I, I laid it down. Boom. Give me the two week wait. Okay, good. We're good. <laughs> We're good now. But that by the time that actually happens, the Lord will have done his work and you won't have to put in effort for that to happen in the same way. Mm, yeah, that makes total sense. That's, that's really good. Now you're in a different, as we wrap up, I'd love to hear your waiting season now because you're in a different season of waiting. Well, um, you're kind of seeing what God's doing through you in this ministry that you yeah. have created. What what does this new waiting feel like for you? Um, well, it's it's a little different because I've uh, I've typically not to say I've never waited professionally, but most of my like wrestling waiting seasons have been personal singleness and infertility and and things like that. Um, but professionally, and I know we talked about this a little bit in our last episode that I'm a counselor. And when we had kids, I stepped away from the counseling room. So I'm still licensed and I'm still invested in that area, but I've started this digital ministry called Love Your People Well. And there's a lot of learning that goes with that. Like, how do you do a podcast? <laughs> how do you start a Facebook group and all these different things? Um, so right now it, it's a different season because it's a season of, of wondering what is God going to do? I have some some goals and you know, kind of business goals that I would like to hit ways that I would like to help people. And already in the first, probably six, it's been about six months, not quite um, since at least launching the podcast. And already some of those goals have changed because the Lord has been like, oh, that that's nice. Maybe one day, but not right now. Right now I want you to focus on this. And, and so being like doing the stuff of, of thinking of episodes and recording them and, you know, all the logistical things to make the ministry happen doing all of that while still listening for the Lord and letting him redirect and just just waiting to see who is he going to bring into my audience, into this community? How is he going to use this in their lives? Um, And I mean, right now, at least at the time we're recording this, there's not really a financial side. It's like, yes, it's a business, but 
no, I don't have a way to make money yet. And that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm curious to see how God's going to do that because I have probably, I could easily sit down right now and write a list of like 20 ideas of, oh, I want to make this course and do this training and this is going to help people and bless people. And I'm sure that it would be helpful, but the Lord has made it clear that like, this is not the time to do that. And that's okay. And so, yeah, so it's an interesting season of professionally, how do I keep moving forward while still holding it loosely enough to see when the Lord is shifting that path. And, uh, and I'm excited to see how he's going to use it and grow it, but you know, it'd be fun to be at the other side of it in six months from now, six years from now to say, wow, can you believe that God has done this? But you know, I don't know. Maybe he brings 20 people into the community. Maybe he brings 200. Maybe he brings 200,000. However he does it, he's going to use it. And so I'm excited to see what he will do. It's kind of a waiting with like some excitement, some anticipation, which is a little different than personal experiences of waiting. Mm, I can completely relate to that, to be honest, because I started it with just wanting to write books. And then I got into podcasting and then I tried all the things because people were like, oh, you can do this and make money and you can do this and make money. And then I, I was finally feeling like this isn't where God's calling me. So I had to take that step back and almost go back into waiting too and go, I'm, I'm here for whatever it is you have me here for. So I will do the things that I know I'm called to and you can help me figure out the rest <laughs> in your yeah. timing, you know, yeah. and that's, it is a different kind of waiting. It's kind of a fun waiting because you're trying to figure out who are your people, who, who is God yeah. going to use, you know, how is he going to use you and who is he going to use for? And so it's, it is exciting. So I'm excited for you. I listened to the love your people. Well, podcast, I've really gotten a lot out of it. And so if you guys want to connect with Jess, um, that is what her podcast is called. Love your people. Well, and you can find her on loveyourpeoplewell.com as well. And so Jess, this has been a great conversation. I so appreciate you coming on to talk to us about the spiritual discipline of waiting and how we can add that and really implement it and make it a habit in our lives. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. This is, I love that you're calling it a spiritual discipline. It's, it's an important conversation and, and it's awkward and it's, you know, it's just hard for people. And so I'm glad to be a part of a conversation to hopefully help people feel a little more comfortable and confident in the process, in the waiting. Yeah. I think this episode is absolutely going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.